Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bookends with Friends. This is your co-host, Parker Moon. I'm your jadeless friend, Brett Irvin. Well, howdy. This is your co-host, Daniel Phillips. And we are a weekly book club podcast where we cover one book every month and we make friends along the way. Hey, guys, what book did we read this month? Jade City by Fonda Lee. Hey, Brett, why are you jadeless? Um, you would I, be pumping with Jade. I got, I lost a duel and they took it off okay. my dead body. Oh, I'm dead. Cake. <laughs> I'm also dead. Oh, you, bar- you buried the lead there. Yeah. Brett would look so hot with Jade just embedded into his chest. That's it. Oh, it was, you should it get Jade. Be on my yeah. collarbone. <laughs> Toe to tip, covered in Jade. I had a mustache of Jade actually, and then it was nice. my eyebrows as well. The Jade stash. Wow. Um, Man, I feel like it's been a little while since we've recorded, huh? It's been like two weeks. Yeah, it's been a long time because we recorded early last time and then late this time. Yes, uh, that was due to Thanksgiving. And I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and I hope our listeners did. Uh, I know uh, for myself, I'm thankful to be back in front of a camera, in front of a mic recording with kind of you vague. guys. <laughs> he's not okay. living if he's not on camera. I'm not. That's honestly, <laughs> honestly, that's really it for me. Uh, this is this is all that I live for. Um, do you guys want to get into short stories before we jump over to talking about Jade City by Fonda Lee? Yeah, uh, I'll keep mine really short just so we can get to the book discussion. Um, that's good. They're not kinda, called long stories. Yeah. You know what? That's a great point. Um, I'll just talk about my Thanksgiving week. My mom, uh, she hosts Thanksgiving at her house every year, but she calls it uh, like Misfits Thanksgiving. So she doesn't really, um, we don't really do like a big family Thanksgiving there, but she, she lives in Atlanta uh, with my stepdad. And they basically host Thanksgiving for everyone that they know that don't have somewhere to go for Thanksgiving, which is just like super cool and super awesome. And th- there were like 27 people there this this year, I think. And my mom's an absolute machine. She got up at 5 a.m. and started cooking. And we showed up, Nicole and I did, probably around noon. And we walk in and my mom gave Nicole a 20-pound bag of potatoes. And she was like, all right, get to, get to chopping. <laughs> and so we we just like helped her cook all day and she just had like drinks all over the place and people have kind of rolled in throughout the day. But it's just super cool because like one guy came in and he had literally met my parents at a bar like two weeks ago. And wow. they were like, oh, hey, man, like, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? And he was like, oh, he was probably around my age. He was like, oh, not really. My family's not from here. So I was just going to have like a a turkey sandwich in my apartment and they were like nope absolutely not here's our address so it's just super cool and like very inclusive and always a good time that's a beautiful act of service that is so wonderful my mom's like the nicest best host of all time she's incredible power powerhouse of a woman um and then what i'm reading to get into the christmas spirit i think i've definitely talked about this book before because i actually started it a while ago and never finished it out, but I'm reading Hogfather by Terry Pratchett, which is a Discworld novel. In Discworld, they have Hog's Watch Night, which is basically Christmas, and the Hogfather is basically Santa Claus of Discworld. Of course. And a group of gods has hired an Assassin's Guild to kill the Hogfather, um, 
and that's the plot of the book. And I, I'm only like 40 pages in, but it's it's Discworld, and I love it. It's fantastic. Every time you talk about a Discworld book, it seems it sounds like the most fun ever, and I just yeah. want to read them all. The one sentence plot lines of Discworld are the it's the best. They're all so good. But yeah, that's my week. Moving on. Brett, let me hear about you, buddy. Good week. Good week. Thankful for uh, for family. Uh, I wanted to to point out. I don't know. Do you? I know. Obviously, turkey is the go to Thanksgiving, but I'm fully on board with like not turkey for Thanksgiving, and I kind of prefer not turkey for Thanksgiving. Um, I know that's not like a radical statement. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, but I much prefer prefer like steak or ribs or something like that. Like that's just. So much more enticing. Mr. Fancy. Wow, Mr. Steak over here. Too good for turkey. I wouldn't say that's more fancy than a Thanksgiving turkey. (laughs) Paul, I'll have the. I'd say that's a little more fancy. I'm not a big fan of turkey, but I like lobster and lamb. (laughs) I like surf. Golden shavings, please. No, I understand. I have the bad turkey, like poor bad turkey, when you're just gnawing on a dry piece of turkey that won't. Right like diminish in and right. girth <laughs> like it just stays in your mouth the same size it's right. brutal and I, I love turkey don't get me wrong it's just thanksgiving turkey usually needs stuff with it to be good when you know there's other things you can eat that are just great on their own I don't I, know. i'm absolutely That's messing me. with you i'm a sides guy like my, I, uh, I don't that's know why thanksgiving is good so, yes thanksgiving is for the sides the sides yeah. are the show and to your point brett like my plate this year was probably like 95 percent sides and then i have like the smallest piece of turkey so i yeah. i was just i was just best with you i completely agree the turkey was the side turkey's Honestly, the side that's that's we're bringing that viewpoint to thanksgiving yeah it's all about the the stuffing or dressing dependent on geography and the mac like and cheese either and the brussels sprouts and the mashed potatoes the ma- it's all about the mashed potatoes that's the only thing that matter if thanksgiving tradition was just a bowl of mashed potatoes it would be equally as good as it is now i told maddie's mom that i could have a full plate of like one half be mashed potatoes one half be sweet potato casserole and that would be perfect yeah for me. yeah my grandmother used to make these things that had like, it was like sweet potato balls with like Ritz crackers and stuff. I don't know what those yeah. are called. I think those are pretty common, but my God, they're delicious. Um, <gasps> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, thankful thankful for my uh, my mom and dad and my brother. And uh, I saw a few movies. That was that was uh, the new Glass Onion and then that the menu. Have you guys? Oh my nice. god! You went to see the menu. What a! <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty surprise. good. Surprise. Um, I actually it was because I tried to see Glass Onion first, and then uh, it was sold out. And the menu I feel was like the one. <laughs> both of those movies are like stacked casts. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Do you have um, a favorite between the two? Oh, Glass Onion. Okay. It was real good, real fun. I'm on board for uh, Daniel Craig. In every movie, being Benoit Blanc. <laughs> yeah, Benoit Blanc's amazing. But yeah, so that's my uh, generic short story. Parker, how's uh, how's your how's your week? Uh, you know, so it was it was fantastic. Thank you for asking. Um, and very busy. And I know that Thanksgiving can be a you know like a difficult time and a challenging time 
for a lot of folks um, for very legitimate reasons. Um, and I think that a lot of times, like I personally like give the holidays a bad rap, um, but I was trying to like take a, a different stance this year. Um, and so my short story is about the, uh, the beauty that is the passage of time, uh, which I also think gets a wow. bad rap sometimes, like in a sense that like people, you know, are, are especially in our culture, like we kind of hate on like getting older and growing up and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but from both sides of my families, I, I got to see just like some really cool stuff from aging. Uh, and, and on Maddie's side, that that looks different where, you know, we are just like hanging out and chilling with her parents. Like all the kids are old now. And it's, uh, you know, just like a very re- relaxing, uh, like fun environment. We also saw Glass Onion and it was an incredible time. Uh, and then from my side of the family in particular, uh, the, the one like really cool thing was just like, and this is kind of like every year, but seeing my nieces and nephews grow and become real people is just like this wonder to behold. Uh, and the specific example I wanted to bring that I just like keep thinking about is uh, my niece, Kenley. I was talking to her about like her interests and what she's into. And she started talking about like books and like the, her favorite book that she just read. Um, so she gave me a book recommendation and it was called, oh, it's, cool. it's called The Thing I'm Most Afraid Of. And so it's I was like, so oh, that cool. sounds great. And I was like asking her about like, you know, Percy Jackson and stuff like that. And she liked to read it. And uh, so then I looked this book up, The Thing I'm Most Afraid Of. And it's about a kid who like a, a middle, it's a middle grade book, but it's about a middle school girl who's going through um, like the the Bosnian genocide and mm. like just like a very heavy subject. Yeah. But I asked her, I was like, so what are your favorite uh, like genres? And she said, oh, I really love historical fiction and I love uh, like real world setting stories with a little bit of paranormal to them. And I was like, that is such a good answer. <laughs> like it like, yeah, blew me away that's so to hear cool. this kid talk in, in depth in such a way. Like she is just precious and I love her so much. Um, but I don't know. It's it's just like a cool thing of like you get older and like I, I there's a lot a lot of times, you know, we look at that through the lens of like, oh, man, this is bad. But like getting older and seeing your kids grow up and then also yeah. seeing your families take on different dynamics is just yeah. like a really great thing. If anyone wants to slide into Parker's DMs on Instagram, he did post one of the cutest pictures I've ever seen with his nieces and he's such a such a happy little uncle boy <laughs> i mean they they're like literally the the greatest little like people i i've ever had the pleasure of knowing and they're so fun and each of them have like the most distinct personalities um so it was it was a blast i i love them all um very cool and so what i'm reading is uh i will be reading uh the thing i'm most afraid of by uh my sweet nieces that's so great I'm going to try to start that this week. And I'm also reading Target uh, by Darcy Cole, which is a um, a spin. Um, it's just like a, a, a gender flip story on like the Robin Hood tale. Uh, and I'm, I'm just a little bit into that. I was really hoping to get more reading done over Thanksgiving break. And I don't think we had more than like 30 minutes of peace. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. like we had peace, but you know what I mean? Like right. we're just, moving just the entire time. Uh, I took all of last week off to get a bunch of reading in and um, I play Pokemon instead. So let's move on. 
Let's move on. To discussion and not talk about my addiction to Pokemon. What a good addiction, though. Um, Yeah, let's... Do we want to go to quote of the week? Yes, quote of the week. Uh, Okay, so yeah, this quote of the week was sent in by Hannah P. Thank you, Hannah, for sending this in. And also thank you for all of your incredible thoughts uh, for discussion and for reading Jade City. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about from your email. Uh, The quote is from Hilo uh, when he's talking to Andon. and And he says, Sometimes, Andy, the people you think you can count on, they let you down in a bad way. And that's hard to take. But for the most part, you give a man something to live up to. You tell him he can be more than he is now, more than people think he'll ever be. And he'll try his God's damned best to make it true. Uh, man, that's a good quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hilo, we're going to get into it. Hilo is great. <laughs> I, I think that just like captures his like that, that quote, that single quote uh, and per- like perfectly encapsulates him as a character. So I'm glad I'm very glad that Hannah sent that in. Uh, it's God. Yeah, it's good. OK, well, I'm very excited to get in discussion. Are we are we ready to move towards discussion? Uh, yes, I want to note one thing from Hannah P's email where she said, I've noticed recently that a majority of your chosen quotes of the week, with the exception of book weeks, have been Mistborn slash Legendborn slash Sanderson related. Um, that's never going to change. <laughs> <laughs> that's our fault and we can't help it. And it, I mean, it's going to be if he's writing books, we'll probably pick them. Amongst our many, many shortcomings is is that <laughs> that will that will likely remain true. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Um, sorry, my bad. Somewhat of an obsession? <laughs> question mark there. Uh, All right, just yeah. a little bit. Let's move. <laughs> yes, let's move to discussion. Um, thank you again, Hannah. Uh, do Do you want to do a quick synopsis of the book? Do you want to just yeah, move on? I can do Thoughts? a thirty second. Gen- yeah, get, give us a give us a thirty second. Give us like a good read synopsis synopsis of the book. Okay, so. Jade City is based on the island of uh, Kacon, and there are. It, it's basically they have a they have a resource called Jade, and Jade is a natural resource only found at Kacon that gives its users superhuman abilities. And there's two. Uh, there's a main city called John Loon, where two clans kind of run the entire city and pretty much the country. Um, and those two clans are called the No Peak Clan and the Mountain Clan. And uh, our main characters all belong to the No Peak Clan. Um, and it's a family, the uh, the Call family. We follow the Call family through a, uh, a treacherous and stressful time in their, uh, the KCON uh, Jade Alliance, uh, which is the organization they share with the Mountain the mountain clan and uh there's just a, there's a lot of turmoil and upheaval and uh war shenanigans shenanigans yeah. so that's a lot of, shena- kind of, a lot of shenanigans that's a great word for this book <laughs> i would yeah. i would i don't know if they would describe them as shenanigans <laughs> uh, just just silly goofy little adventures yeah they're just getting into all sorts of shenanigans and, and hoopla and hullabaloo yeah um so that's perfect that that is, we're talking about the Call family. So, what did you guys think of the Call family and just John Loon and uh, KCon in general? Just like the the world of Jade City. I love the world building. I love 
I just like major cities, like major fictional cities and books yeah. and like when things take place in the, the cities, it's really cool. Uh, the Call family, man, they're just they're just a bunch of baddies, aren't they? <laughs> they are. They really I bet they're are. all so hot. <laughs> they they are all so are hot. In my mind, guys, smoking. in my mind, every single one of the Call family is just like the most gorgeous, sexy people. Alive. Yeah. For plot reasons and not for uh, horny Dan and Parker reasons. John Loon is so interesting where it's just like gang factions existing and everyone knows that they exist and it's okay. Cause like there, there's a part in the book where Shay, one of the, the sister of the Nicole family, uh, she's discussing like, Oh, I could get a job that's just jadeless and it's a normal job like the millions of other people that live right. in the city and i was like yeah that means there's millions of people that know that there's just a war going on right and they're just like going to work at subway in the morning <laughs> so like it's just a super interesting environment yeah the world outside of the island is literally just basically our world except if you just put this island with people who have superpowers on it just yeah. you smack you smack that in the middle of our world plus like 1920s like gang culture that's pretty much <laughs> right. how i would describe it and it's right. so cool so super cool it's a very very interesting world building i love when characters leave the city because there's there's some instances of characters talking about how like life is so different outside of john loon um so very very cool yeah, I agree. I think uh, John Loon was a very refreshing setting. I love uh, yeah. fantasy done in a modern era or, or modernized era. Um, and I really, really liked the this interesting uh, like semi-government gang style structure that KCON was governed by because like they they essentially like the Call family um, and uh uh uh, why why guys i'm blanking um what's the 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 family for the mountain the mountain clan the 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 mountain clan the i yeah yeah yeah, they're not all technically a family they're like like i mata is the leader yeah i think she's the leader she killed her family yeah but they they essentially run the city but you know in in this gang style, but they also maintain the city and they right. like keep their people Police safe it. and they, right. they do charity work. And I think right. it was a very fascinating concept. And a lot of it was based more on like honor and stability. Right. Uh, than it was, than it is, um, you know, any sort of other like nefarious, like power play, um, at, at least, especially for, for no peak. And I, I just think it was very fascinating because they were, a government body very different than what we would consider like legal or okay. Right. It ran in a way that was, you know, functional and, and uh, like arguably uh, a a good way to, to run, you know, like a a good way. If, you know, uh, take the, the conflict out of this story and you could have a a very like well-off nation and just have multiple factions that kind of, right help govern and and run this city of you know these factions being superhero people but um i don't know i i was just very enamored by this very unique setting so talking about conflict we've got the call family that is just (laughs) they love some conflict they 
the Lon and Hilo are all over some conflict. Which of the, including Andy, Andon, which of the siblings do you guys relate to the most? I, and not, not because I'm as tough or good at fighting as this person, oh, but I would here's... say Hilo <laughs> solely for the loyalty and like love yeah. aspect of him because wow, okay. I that think totally that's, tracks. That does he, track really well. He is such a complex character. He like is. he's so violent when he needs to be and he has anger issues but his like love for the people that he cares about is so deep and pure. And you could make an argument that he is a good person unless you are I, like, I legitimately enemy. thought Hilo was going to be the villain of the story. The first like hundred pages of the right. Book. Because he, he comes off as like this brash. You're like, Oh, he's going to go yeah. off the handle, like kill Lon. He's going to somehow be a bad guy or something like that. But you find out, no, he's like, he loves Lon and he would never hurt Lon. He loves like, and all of his anger, like even with family, comes out of like his 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 loyalty to them. And even if yeah. like Shay, he was mad that she like betrayed him almost. Like that's the kind of thing. He's such like an honor. Parker mentioned it. Like honor is such a thing in this in this world. Nobody else lives to the honor code more than Hilo does. Like he is. Right. Like don't don't betray him or you're dead to him. But if you're loyal, also he'll dead love in real you life. Forever. And it's it's yeah. wild. Yeah, I, I think so. I grouped in Andy. I think Shay and Andy kind of play a similar role. Yeah, um, because Andy was so similar to like Andy's almost following in Shay's footsteps. They're like going in opposite directions on the same path. Exactly. Like, they're, they're doing. Yeah. They're pulling a memento. They like. She is a perfect student. He was the perfect student. She left. He left. It's like the whole thing. Um, but just kind of like grouping them together, I just see myself being the same of like, whoa, this is a lot. This is way too much for me. I'm going to like. Understandably. I'm out. Yeah. Like, love you guys. I don't want, like, I don't even know if I could be helpful because I'm carrying all like in Andy's perspective the the boy is like terrified of jade like absolutely horrified by it yeah and so like him leaving is something i could just see myself like if i saw my mom like use a cheese grater across her arm which made me want to throw up when i read that like that imagery oh god it's gonna stick it's so awful for so long but i just like see that kind of being what I would be like, which like <laughs> hearing Brett talk about honor and knowing Parker and his joke to me saying I'm the least honorable person in the world, which I don't think we've talked about on the podcast before. <laughs> I think I would dip. I would, I would pull Andy so fast. <laughs> that's interesting. No. So, uh, you know, it's before, before I get into my answer, um, one, I can see both of those characters for you guys, but two, I want to step back and just say like, I, I don't know about y'all, but I really, really appreciated the nuance and depth between all of the siblings really yeah. good uh, characters it, like uh you know dan you were saying that you thought like from the get-go like hilo was gonna be this like uh, you know hot-headed maybe antagonist or villain yeah and like i i thought the same like maybe him and lon were gonna be like pitted against each other right. or something like that and there was a lot of tropes that i feel like they could have fallen into that i feel like fonda lee could have written them into 
And instead, she filled them with so much like like depth and 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 individualism and uh, like in in their own ways, each of the call family was trying to do right, like was trying to do yeah. more, what they saw as the best moral good by their family that they could do, which I think is incredible writing. Like that makes them all so much more relatable to me than like one of them just being like, oh, I'm hotheaded, so I'm bad. Right. Uh, or, oh, I'm I'm the leader, so I'm power hungry. Um, they also have a, like, they all have really good one-on-one conversations with yes. each other, which I think is very- Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's, it feels so real. Like yeah. yes. all of yes. their like their arguments, it just feels like it's it would it would blow my mind if Fonda doesn't have siblings because she writes yep. siblings so perfectly. That you could a- you could hate them so much in the moment but still love them and like come back and be like, right. Right, yeah, I'm sorry. Brett, I was thinking that the entire time she really gets the the sibling relationships done well, where they all like butt heads in in ways where like at one moment they want to strangle each other but then in the next like they would literally like not even figuratively literally die for each other right uh and for each other's honor and uh i i I love that they all were like out for the same goals and just completely uh you know had had different approaches to it but dan to answer your original question i would say lon or andy for myself yeah. Um, it's hard because, uh, you know, again, we talked about it at the start of the episode that all of these characters are like super hot and cool and smart and amazing. <laughs> and so like comparing myself to any of those characters, no, I'd be some jadeless like worker on the, you know, on the streets just getting. You'd be the, you'd be, what, what do you call it? The white rat? What was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rat. Oh, yeah. A stone eye or yeah. One of yeah. Um, the white rat. But uh, no, I, uh, I, I really just like for Lon as a character, I think he's infinitely fascinating. Um, but his his the weight on his shoulders that he felt towards responsibility of his family and his people and just like general morality, I thought was really, really good and, and yeah. well written and fascinating. Um, and so I, I like ate up every bit of stuff that was about him. And then Andon, I, I think kind of in the in the similar vein, I really liked his uh approach to kindness and how he was very willing to drop any notion of power uh to hold on to peace or to hold on to sanity yeah um and i also can relate to his anxiety and stuff like that when it comes to like trying to please family and trying to please peers and whatnot so um man Really great characters. Really great and, characters. Andy's really cool. Story. I'm excited to see where his character goes. Yeah. Like, I almost don't want him to come back and like get Jade and be the big, powerful. Like, I want his character to succeed despite outside like of, using yeah. Jade, like outside yeah. of that. I think that would be really cool. Um, but I don't know. I haven't read the rest of the series yet. And I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, Fonda knows what she's doing more than I do. I'm I'm so excited to read the rest of this series. Yeah, I've heard books two and three are like people's favorites as well. Like they just get better, which is wild because um, this one was yeah, so good. It was good. It was very good. Um, I want to talk about the the magic system, but since we're already like so focused on characters, let's talk about Barrow, the character I did not think 
would be important to the story, but the character keeps that popping is very up. important to the story. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, almost like an Uncle Ben style character. Uncle Ben from Spider-Man? Did I say that right? He's the character that they don't kill at the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah, but how is you mean, he like you mean Uncle like, Ben at all? He means like the like, robber. He the guy oh. that, the robber that comes back. <laughs> no, no, I thought so, you were actually relating no. him to Spider-Man's Uncle Ben. I was like, dude, we have very different takes on this character. You don't remember Uncle Ben in that movie? No, like he's he's the character that got away and then like absolutely like broke the camel's back. He's so I think Barrow at first I had sympathy for him because he was a product of his environment and he was just a kid that was trying to make his way in this city which is understandable that you would want you know getting jade was your ticket to a good life right it's on it's an honest thing to like if you don't if your family doesn't own a business and you aren't in the academy like you're kind of it sounds like you're kind of screwed screwed. um but once he got to the part where he's his the way that I noted it in my notes was that his ambition outpaced his common sense. When he started, when he decided to kill Lon and go after Lon, that's when I was like, okay, at this point you're becoming like evil. Like his mentality switched to full on bad guy. Mm -hmm. Like all he cared about, no matter who he hurt was getting back at the call family and, uh, getting Jade, which I was just like, then at every time you saw him, I was like, he's such a bad omen. You're like, oh God, here we go. What's going to happen when Barrow's on screen? Ends with him like grave digging as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's, I feel like he's going to, in the series, be like the yin and yang with Andy. Um, I think I so too. Because they're about the same age, yep. kind of on the, you know, like they're going through life on different paths, but I feel like they're going to intersect a lot of the times because they keep having similar moments of like realization and uh, like life changing experiences around based around the call family and Jade. So it's interesting. What I really like about Barrow um, after he kills land, there's the conversation with the no P clan, the realization of, Land died by an accident. This this guy was not killed. Like this was a straight up accident. Right. But from Barrow's perspective, there were so many times when he was thinking of Green Bones, and his inner monologue was like, "Well, I killed the right. leader of the No P Clan. Like I'm good enough for this." And so, like one side, it was a total accident; shouldn't have happened. Barrow's side, he's like their best. And like prideful and ambition that he can be because he like <laughs> took out a green bone. And so I'm really curious to see how his character kind of goes through that progression of pride. Yeah, I agree completely. I'm very, I'm fascinated to see what happens with his character post book one in the sense that I feel like right now where they left it, he could be written as an amazing redemption arc right. or uh, a really interesting foil to the call family and turn into this like very evil antagonist Mm. uh so he's set up to be interesting and i I kind of agree like i did not expect him to be important at all but i think you're right dan in the sense that he is 
uh, definitely a symbol of like a bad omen. And in particular, they mention luck in his chapters all the time. The yeah. first time we see him was at the Twice Lucky, and he has inner monologue about like how luck follows him around, and then like flips, like fortune will come and go, and it like messes with him all the time. Um, and I feel like he is always like striving for some sort of like perceived greatness. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I, it, it. it his his development will be very interesting um i do feel a little sympathy for him in the sense that i feel like his character does represent uh like the the parts of society that are forgotten and that are dealt a bad hand yeah. he dealt an incredibly bad hand and our main characters are in you know we're reading from the perspective of people who are literally at the top like they they are essentially kings or you know the governing like leaders uh at the most wealthy they have the most pool they have the most strength and so they aren't facing the same um you know uh, uh challenges that bear had to face and then they also talk about like jade's sickness and someone who touches jade who's not trained in it and how that can yeah. be a poison i mean that's a huge uh you know topic throughout the book yeah. And so I think that also has something to do with his descent into a more of an evil role. Well, um, so I think there, there's sympathy there. So even if he is a, you know, plays out to be a villain, I think he could be a really interesting, sympathetic villain. He's going to be important regardless because we start and finish the book in his perspective. So he's going to be important. Yeah. Can I hit y'all with a question that I'm curious about? Yes. Uh, since we're kind of talking uh, around it, um, do y'all do y'all think that the No Peak Clan is more justified, especially post uh, Lon's death, like more justified with their actions and how they did business than the Mountain Clan? It's it's a weird. It depends on the POV, because I feel like outside of KCON, <laughs> neither of them are just they're like just gangs. But within, yeah. if you're like in John Loon, if I was just a random neutral citizen, I'd probably say that they were more so because business-wise, the Mountain Clan was cheating the the KCON Jade Alliance, which was kind of the thing that held the entire clan system together. And they were cheating it and messing with it. And I feel like at the end of the day, anything that No Peak does, not anything, but no peaks response to them threatening that alliance and that balance is kind of justified because you know lon was a peacetime leader he was trying to keep everybody happy keep people safe yep. and while hilo is more of a wartime leader he's also just from his perspective the the mountain clan is like viciously trying to become like a world power and use like greedily use Jade right. to control other countries. So I feel like morally within a system that could is probably could be argued as just fully immoral is morally I would say the, the, the no peak clan is good, but like, yeah, there's a criminal aspect to all of it, I guess. But yeah, within, within this world, they are, I would say justified. I mean, that, that, that aligns with how I feel about it too. I, 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 don't even know that I would even consider no peak uh, 
amoral criminal. as much as like any governing yeah or, or criminal as much <laughs> as like any governing body is you know like i, I legitimately for at least from what we're shown they were trying to do their best and like right. they of course had like allotted some amount of crime and some amount of smuggling yeah but so does all government to a degree yeah and you i guess know, there's, i'm looking there's at a it. system of like balance yeah seems like we've hit our crime quota for this month yeah, yeah well, I, think, I mean, I just I think there's like a, a like a balance, like a, a a scale where they were like, you know, we'll step in and, you know, but they 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 protected their own. They did right by their their people. Right. Um. So I don't know. I But I do think that Ait Mata's uh, mission was very interesting when she essentially kind of laid everything out to Shay about why she was doing what she was doing and how she was trying to set up John Loon. To not That's a cool be, chapter. Yes, very cool chapter. Um, but not not to be controlled and taken advantage of by the rest of the world, like these other foreign powers right. who were very selfishly pillaging them and their like what made their culture special for their own resources and their own military gain. And so from that perspective, she made a fascinating argument about uh, you know, how ruling um KCON, like what the, the future of KCON could be done in a way to keep them at the top. I do not at all subscribe to her uh, path towards that. <laughs> I really think that she could have done so with a lot less espionage and straight up murder. Uh, but hey, you know, I think that's uh, that's what makes the difference between a good person and a bad person. So there you go. That's the only thing. Yeah, that's right. Do they or do they not straight up murder? You get it. I get it. I know how to be a good person. I think that segues into another question we have uh, real quick. And I, I don't want to keep us too long. I know we're kind of running long as is. But um, do you all think that if you were in Hilo's shoes as the pillar, would you have tried to strike for peace when it was offered? Or do you think that he did exactly right with his, you know, reactions and uh like defending lon's honor as opposed to trying to come to some sort of peace agreement mainly because i'm a a people person i might maybe possibly would have tried communicating a little bit more um but the way it played out i don't hate it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I don't think I have, I, I want to have the, the goal to do it the way he did. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the mountain would have, it, it sounded they're, they're kind of only in for total domination. Um, so yeah. I don't know if they would have accepted yeah. honorable terms or like respected them. Um, I'm cool no. with what Hilo did. Uh, it was, he was kind of protecting his clan and he did it out of his, obviously his initial reaction People were killed. I know people dying is bad, but within their society, in their world, his reaction was understandable and okay and kind of part of the rules yeah. was like eye for an eye. It's just like that's a Tuesday kind of, night for them. Right. That's how their society works. And like as an outsider, you know, we I, I can't judge that, you know, he he responded how their code is set up. Um and you know, I don't know that if he had surrendered that they wouldn't have just killed his entire family and most of his top level clan yeah. members. So it's like, right. 
I feel like it was a it was a tough yeah. line to walk either way. One one of my favorite things with the entire book was his character development from the horn of No Peak it to the pillar of No Peak, where you yeah. really saw like and, and they they didn't just like breeze over it. They let you feel the ramifications of his uh like hot headedness to avenge his brother, but then him having to come to terms with seeing all of these people that he had trained and been raised with and lived with and respect die because of this war and like just the the bloodlust and also like at that that kind of conversation of like you know when is when is enough enough you know when it comes to bloodshed and violence like there are you ever going to be satisfied is there ever going to be an actual right answer um, and I really liked that they had those questions and and Hilo was honestly like turning more into Lon in this style of, you know, like he, he, he saw a bigger picture, which I think was just really, really well done. Um, and, and to answer my own question, yeah, I don't, I don't think you negotiate with terrorists. I don't think that there was really any other way around um, what he did. I think it, and you know, in terms of the story, uh, they swung big and got really lucky. The biggest they could swing. Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah, it was like a uh, hail mary, and they got super lucky. Uh, and I don't know the ramifications of it because I haven't read the rest of the series. Um, but I, I do think that it was a very interesting dialogue about those type of, like, you know, quote unquote peace negotiations, and then how does a leader justifiably handle that situation and just the pressure because like you know, from the citizens of John Loon's perspective, how is any of this justified? How is any of this fair to them? And why would they continue to fight uh, when it just brought like economic unrest and, and death to, you know, door streets and, and left people, you know, like fatherless or or friendless. So I don't know, just man, good writing. Just, uh, I like to imagine just living outside of John Loon. And being like, oh, let's go vacation to John Loon. They don't have any government. They have two uh, warring gangs that fight each other during the work day, during the work <laughs> hours. And also, but, but, but you may get superpowers, but if you get too much of them, you go clinically insane. Yeah. Huh? Pretty cool. <laughs> I, that go sounds there. like a good vacation to me. <laughs> We should we should check it out, maybe. Speaking of uh going crazy because of Jade, how do you guys feel about Shay and Andon's decision to step away and be Jadeless? Andon for that exact reason. So he didn't go crazy. <laughs> I I have said my thoughts on this. Um I would have done the same thing. Yeah, you know, so I, I think um I, I don't have any problem. I think it makes their characters incredibly interesting. And the, the specifically with them to like the entire conversation on like uh, them wanting to live their own lives and carve out a path for themselves. And then them kind of being like brought back into this messy, muddy, super powered war that they didn't necessarily want anything to do with, but family and honor called them to yeah. take up arms. Uh, I think that's a very interesting conversation and, and discourse on like just war in general and honor um but i do think that the jade power system is really really well done in the sense that i I love 
I love when uh, like magic systems or superpower systems or, or you know sci-fi or whatever have consequences tangible limitations and consequences yes i think that is so fascinating and obviously i think that the big parallel here um you know could be drug use or, or something like that like the, right. the side effects withdrawals like they, they had very uh yeah. you know thematic parallelisms there um and i think that them being willing to forego power uh in pursuit of other dreams is very honorable still and very respectable and again i just i'm very interested to see how it plays out i i don't want to see the characters turn their back on the clan because i i I don't think that would be as interesting like i want them to be involved right without the crutch of the jade they decided to leave behind i think my only issue and it's not really like, and it's mainly just because of my loyalty to Hilo, is the timing of Andon's yeah, decision. Let's get into that. Yep. Um, that's my only like, ugh, like Andon. I wish you would have done that before or after the ceremony and not made like a public display. And I know it was like a, in the moment he saw that thing and had flashbacks, which is understandable. But I was like, ooh man, like Hilo while he went overboard and he was wrong for what he said to Andon in every way he was acting out of anger when he said that his point about like embarrassing him in front of the whole clan and like that affecting how the clan can like, like fight for themselves, like the imagery of the clan. I was like, he kind of has a little bit of a point because now that made them look (laughs) super weak if one of their own family right. members is like turning his back on everything within their world again. But I was just like, Ooh, I wish I'm totally fine with him leaving. And I fully respect that. I think especially with his family history, but I was like, Oh man, that's like the worst possible time to ever, ever, ever do that right in front of everybody. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So and I, I think was... that's I think that's also a part of that like beautiful nuance in this oh, in, yeah. in Fonda Lee's writing because it's, be- it's so it, well like written. I felt heartbroken. Yeah. I felt heartbroken like for Hilo and that at that moment. I also like a part of me was so conflicted because I wanted Andon to step into this like heroic role of right, being exactly. you know, maybe maybe this like future leader of because he's a badass family <laughs> and and he also, like, you know, in many ways was the most like Lon. Like his, his yeah. heart was like Lon. He had the same level head and, right. and uh, like end goal for peace. Um, Respect and so, like, for I, I really thought like, like, man, it could be cool to see him go this way. Yeah. But then also it's such good nuanced writing because of like his, his uh, you know, fear of becoming a person who enjoys murder and like how that was a part of his family line. And this like deep anxiety and PTSD that he had to go with on top of the fact that like maybe he also just didn't want to be a like conscripted soldier into war, right. which, hey, like that's a, a very legitimate reason that yeah, someone yeah. shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's just good stuff. Yeah. And to not we haven't talked about that until Parker just mentioned it to not breeze over this part of Andy's character. It's not that he's just afraid of becoming right, yeah. like his mom. Yeah. It's that he killed someone and was like, oh, yeah, that felt good. Right. Like the jade twisted him. He was in this guy's mind as he died. Right. He like, it, it like ruined 
like his personality because he was like, whoa, I liked killing that guy. That's probably not a good thing. And so that I, Andy's just a really cool character. He had this view of being a green bone is like this cool, like almost like you read the comic books and it was like a comic book hero. Yeah. And then he, yeah. he killed a person and it was like, I like this for the wrong reasons now. And I don't want to do that, which is <laughs> right. like, he's stronger yeah. for saying no. Uh, do you want to talk about our favorite, favorite part of the book? Yes, please. Let's just, let's just go in order. I, I think all my favorite moments in Jade city, Jade city by Fonda Lee book of November. Um, the one-on-one like dialogue moments that I loved, like uh, yep. one of my favorite parts. Uh, this isn't a dialogue moment, but uh, honorable mention: uh, Andy and Hilo when they first interact. Yeah, and, uh, Andy sees Hilo and he's like, "Oh God, here we go." <laughs> Love that scene. That scene was awesome. Um, and that was also that was when I kind of got my bearings with Hilo's character. I was like, "Okay, he's not supposed to be portrayed as an evil character." Um, but my favorite part in the book was when Lon was entering his duel and the the monologue of like, I know Hilo is stronger than me and a better fighter than me, but I am the pillar of no peak and like, it's my right to do this and I'm going to do it and I'm going to win. And I was like, man, Lon's a cool character. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. That's such a good, just leader and strength of knowing what isn't, yeah, like knowing what's needed of him, despite knowing that he could just throw Hilo in and Hilo could like, no problem, get the job done. That was my favorite part. So I think I think my favorite part of uh, uh, the books, similar to what you were saying, Dan, a lot of it was like dialogue centric and uh, specifically th- this like intermingled uh, conversation about politics and family and honor that i thought was just so well written i really liked the the constant struggle um that the characters had to face with like what it meant uh, like to them to like live up to the call name how to act and how to uh you know be the pillar or the horn or a student um and and just like each of their ambitions and then how over the course of the narrative it changed for all of them. And I, I really, really liked that it kept me guessing and that no character was kind of pigeonholed into a like stereotype role. role. Like they were, they were all fully fleshed out in just great ways. Um, One like notable character that I don't want to skip over is when, who you know Hilo's Hilo's girlfriend uh, and then uh, wife, who I just thought was like so fascinating in the sense that she was a like a, a tertiary character, like kind of a smaller right. part. Um, and I'm sure she'll get bigger in the later roles, but like her, um, like uh, like kind of dialogue of being a normal person in this superhero setting, like what that meant for her. Um, and then also, um, like one of my favorite scenes is her, uh, having a conversation with Shay and still like express it like one, just like expressing how she loved the family and wanted to do like, wanted to provide for the family, even, you know, without being a green donor or, you know, I guess in, in that sense, without yeah. being quote unquote special. Um, but then I also thought like 
they just did a really good job of showing like little interactions with like Shay and Wynn being women and being able to enjoy each other's company and and being able to take notice of like how that was important um for the, like for them to take a step back and to have like a, a small like second of kinship even though they were very different characters and came from very different uh origins um and all of that can be said you know with the rest of the the call family right, as right. well um Shay in particular is a great character uh with all of her stuff and like her reasons for leaving um and especially kind of like the dynamics of like how family can sometimes let you down uh particularly with like her um grandfather and and doru who is just like arguably the worst character in the book um i don't even think arguably i think that you could just say that straightforward (laughs) um and i i just think that you know Again, just wonderful nuance with all of these characters. Um, I, I didn't give one moment, but just that's that's kind of all my favorites. It, it was all good. I liked it so Parker much. Parker just talked about the book. I just Parker talked just about the whole the book. book to us. Yeah, I would say uh, the. I'm glad you brought up Win because I was going to mention Win as well. Uh, just uh, Hilo and Win. Uh, all of my stuff is Hilo centric. All the characters are incredible. But um, <laughs> this guy, man, this guy loves Hilo. I Hilo's think, great. Don't give. I I adore Hilo as a character. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so the the I'll bring up a fight scene because the Gaunt Ash fight was epic. Because I I legitimately thought I was like, man, book one, they're gonna kill off Lon and Hilo. I legit thought that Hilo was gonna. I was like, Hilo's gonna die. Like that. The, yeah, I fits thought so his too. character. It tracks. And like, I don't see the way out and I knew Andon was there for something, but I wasn't sure like where that would go. Cause he could just be there just as like somebody that they respect. And like, then he knew they weren't going to hurt him. The kind of thing, but right. the guy Ash fight was nuts. Everyone's using all their powers and turned super Saiyan and like, like the, the scene where he's trying to find the hole in his, his steel or his armor mm-hmm. and they like trick him and they switch it to the side and like, and it's just like, Whoa, but that's why the, the magic system I can, I can tell is going to get so cool as you see p- like powers evolve and stuff like that. But yeah, um, everything you guys said, but also that, that fight scene was really cool because Hilo survived. And yeah, Fonda Lee knows how to write fight scenes. I like that. Yeah. That's another thing that we shouldn't uh, skip over. Those action sequences, every big battle or fight that they go into detail about, I was hooked into. Yeah, yeah like it, it was, it was like a kid watching like Saturday morning cartoons. I was <laughs> eating it up. Any final thoughts? Yeah, final takeaways. Final takeaways. Family's you complicated, you know? Man, family is complicated, isn't it? Yeah, Excited. I think that's... <laughs> honestly, I think that's... Happy Thanksgiving, one of, everyone. One of my th- yeah, one of my takeaways, too, is, you know, that there's there's complication, but also beauty. And I think uh, one of my favorite takeaways, I, I feel like I'm, you know, uh, I'm just hitting this point over and over and over again, but I really like that, like, the conversation that the book had about, like, there's multiple ways to go about accomplishing or trying to accomplish good or trying to accomplish the same thing and there's a lot of complexity 
that goes into taking care of people and responsibility uh, for family, for for like government, for, you know, friends, like the whole deal. It's just it was just really that that part of the book I loved so much. Yeah. Sweet. That's Jade City by Fonda Lee. Jade City. Well done, boys. Well done, lads, gentlemen. Yes. Um, I'm gonna breeze us through this this last part. So we have we have an author's note, a uh, little little snippet um, from uh, Miss Lee herself, and some uh, some planning for December. Some housekeeping. Thank you, Brett. Some housekeeping for December. That's the term that people use. Uh, so author's note from from for Fonda Lee. Uh, this was an interview she did with Fantasy Hive. And after I read this quote from her, it just it makes so much sense because Jade City seems right in line with these three things. Um, so from Vonda Lee, I've always been drawn to movies that I would term smart action. Films that are full of adrenaline and suspense and powerful action sequences, but don't but that don't skip at all on intelligence, characters, and engagement with deeper issues. Three of my favorite movies are The Matrix, Mad Max Fury Road. Also, Mad Max Fury Road, such a freaking good movie. Good and movie. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Man, Mad Max Fury Road is so good. Let's do an episode on Mad Max Fury Road next. Just okay. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Housekeeping for December. So December's a weird month. Um, we did not do four episodes last December, I'm pretty sure. And so we're just going to kind of plan for that because there's three of us and we all have different travel plans at the end of the month for Christmas. So right now what we're planning on doing, uh, we still want to try for four episodes, but we're going to plan as if we only do three. So, and you guys butt in if I'm saying this wrong for the first episode in December, we want to do uh, just our favorite books of the year. Um, Like what we've read, including the books that the podcast has done and books that we've read kind of on our own personal time and just discuss some of those, throw out some recommendations. Second month in December, we want to do the book of the month, which is Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. Is that correct? Is that his name? Yep, that's right. And yeah, yep. that's, yeah, so that, so read that one fast because that, that'll that yeah. be <laughs> like not, not, uh, not far away. That's not far yeah, off. That's, that's not far. That's like that's like two and a half weeks. So we want to do Dark Matter by Blake Crouch on the second month of December. Reason being, we want our last episode um, to be the book ranking episode of all the books. And obviously we want Dark Matter to be a part of that discussion. So we're planning on doing that last. And then if we if our schedules kind of sync up, we'll do another episode as the fourth episode in December. But that Tuesday is December 27th, and we usually record on Sunday, which is Christmas. So we don't know if we're actually going to do that or not. No, we're recording Christmas Day. We might try to have something special. Yeah, yeah we might try <laughs> to have something record, special. We'll record Christmas Day uh, while opening presents with our families, and we'll just wow. send our audio in together. Yeah. Um, It'll be great. Yes. I'm excited for, for the, the body, the bookends with friends book of the year. B-O-T-Y, Bati. Uh, thank you, Dan. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners for continuing to listen, for continuing to send in emails uh, and keeping up with the show. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. We hoped that you enjoyed uh, uh, Jade City as much as we did. 
and we hope that you are going to enjoy uh, Dark Matter next month. Uh, special thank you, as always, to Jacob Robinson for the uh, awesome intro and outro to our show. And shout out to Maddie Moon for the wonderful, beautiful, lovely cover art of our show. Thank you um, both. That wraps us up, I believe. That's it. So we're going to book market there. And remember, the real books were the friends we made along the way. Only if they have Jade. <laughs> <laughs>